As you prepare for retirement, you'll be faced with many important choices. We want you to make the right ones. Welcome to Financial Choices Matter with Charles Scott. Charles is an accredited investment fiduciary. He's well-equipped to help you make sound financial decisions. We want you to experience a meaningful retirement. On our podcast, we believe financial choices matter. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the podcast. As always, thanks for tuning in to Financial Choices Matter with my buddy and yours, Charles Scott. Charles, what's up, man? How are you? I am great, Mark. Thank you very much. It's a beautiful day in uh, Phoenix. Thunder and lightning this morning, which was kind of fun. But Yeah, uh, okay. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yeah, exactly, Mr. Rogers. That's Thank right. you very much. Would you be mine? Could you yeah. be mine? All right, cool. <laughs> I won't sing no, anymore. <laughs> you're not you're not you're not Fred and you're not Tom Hanks. So that is true. Out. That is true. Uh well let's get into our show today. I got a little news action I want to ask you and see what cool. you think. Looking at what appears to be the likely candidates to run to finally be the presidential nominees, uh, I think we whittled it down from 400 to, I don't know. (laughs) Are you sure? 76, maybe. I don't know. But yeah. Um, Any thoughts as to how the market might react to uh, continuation with Trump or maybe Mr. Biden or maybe Ms. Warren? Well, um, yeah, and we, I have and a I won't whole hold bunch you, of I ideas on this, yeah. and I was smart, bouncing around with what do I really want to talk about, and I just think, you know, the middle of the country, and I, I'm relatively apolitical, but I obviously really do have an opinion because it makes a huge amount of difference. The economy has done quite well since President Trump was elected. True. I, I didn't, and I'll be perfectly honest, I didn't vote for him, but, you know, from an economic point of view, to me, the liberal side of the Democratic Party, the social, you know, if, if it's socialism, I don't know. Is it? Maybe. I don't think it works. And, and I want to share something with you that I had an article that I had seen several years ago. And I'm just going to kind of read what it says, because I think to me, this is how my philosophy of economics works. And I think it's the way, honestly, this country is based on. So if that pushes me to the right side of center, ah, fine, I'm happy to be there. This is a I'll finish up with a quote from someone, but there was an economics professor, and this was back during the Obama administration, that made a statement that he'd never failed a single student before, but had failed a whole class once. Hmm, And the class had insisted that Obama's socialism, and that's, I'm not labeling him with that, but the whole idea of bigger, better government, better government knows everything, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I don't agree with it, but that the class had insisted that Obama's socialism worked and that no one would be poor and no one would be rich, the great equalizer. And mathematically, that's correct. But does that really work? So the professor said, okay, let's have an experiment in this class on that socialistic concept. And all the grades would be averaged and everybody would receive the same grade and nobody would fail and nobody would get an A. Okay. Okay. Seems, you know, that's kind of... Interesting. Redistribution of wealth. Right. So after the first test, the grades were averaged and everybody got a B. Okay. Students that studied hard were upset and the students who'd studied very little were pretty happy. So the second test rolled around and the students who studied little studied even less. And those that had worked harder in the beginning didn't really think it made that much difference. So they didn't study a lot. And the class average on the second test was the D. Nobody was happy. Right. The third test rolled around and the average was an F. And as the tests proceeded, the scores never increased as bickering, blame, and name calling. Sound familiar with what's going on? Oh, no, uh, not at all. <laughs> all, all you know, it, everybody got hard, had hard feelings. Nobody would study because they didn't want to do this to work to benefit somebody else. So they all failed the class. And 
the economics professor's lesson there was that the, I, the concept of socialism is ultimately going to fail because when the reward is great, the effort to succeed is great. But when the government takes all the reward away, nobody's going right. to try. Yeah. And I think that's the issue that's at stake here. And you all got to remember that there is a test for all of us coming up next year. Yeah, so very true. I just think it's a politics I just find fascinating. And I don't know if I've said it on another podcast or not, but to me, the, the, the nobody liking anybody else, everybody bickering about something. It's like first graders at recess sticking their tongues out on the playground and calling each other names. Yeah. But so let me wrap this up with the idea that Adrian Rogers was a Southern Baptist minister. And he said, you can't legislate the poor into prosperity by legislating the wealthy out of prosperity. It just doesn't work. Yeah. It's going to be interesting and it's going to stay interesting. And, you know, I don't know. I think we tend to vote our wallet. That's for sure. And so I'm not making any predictions, but I'm, you know, I'm not sure how the market would react to one of the Democrats just yet. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. We'll see. That was kind of the, uh, the question that had been pondered on some of these news channels, but we'll stay apolitical and we'll move on to our main topic here on the podcast this week, Charles. And that's avoiding some critical estate planning mistakes. We'll bring it back into our backyard, what we're used to talking about. There are some people who don't care about leaving a legacy, and there are those that do. So it's important to eliminate some of the common estate planning mistakes. Yes, Go absolutely. And, and it. it's a big part of what we do. And there's, you know, we've got several on the list we could talk about. I wanted to focus on the first couple, if that's okay sure. with you, Mark. No, it's fine. Yeah. One of them is, you know, not planning your expenses in retirement. And that some seems to a lot of people pretty obvious, but you know, there's a couple of things that are going on now that people don't really think about. And and you do think about some of these. I mean, there's food, there's housing, and there's healthcare. And healthcare is the biggest uncertainty because healthcare costs are escalating, sure. you know, at nearly twice pace of inflation. And, you know, the other thing that I always find fascinating is the fourth item on that list, the fourth most expensive thing is transportation. Cars get expensive. And if you're both retired or you both have a car and, and all of that, it can be expensive. But the healthcare thing, I mean, there's a study that Fidelity puts out every year, just out-of-pocket costs. And I think they base it on, and I'm not going to give you an exact number for what the last one that I saw, which was a few months ago, but an average couple, married couples age 65 today is going to be out-of-pocket for healthcare costs, somewhere in the ballpark of between two dollars and $300,000. That's out-of-pocket. That's yeah. co-pays, that's Medicare premiums, that's just expenses. That's hefty. Yeah. Healthcare. And that's a bunch. Yeah. And so you've got to be planning some of this stuff. You've got to be creating a spending plan, which a lot of people call a budget. I don't like to use the word budget, but a spending <laughs> plan for what it's, you know, what's all this stuff going to cost? And you have to have a realistic, realistic expectation because inflation happens. Stuff costs more in the future. It just does. Yeah. No, nope, so, I agree with you. Know. you. That's one. So yeah, definitely, yeah. you know, not looking at the unforeseen or the foreseen, I guess the healthcare issues. What about the beneficiary designations? This seems to trip a lot of people up because I think we get set it and forget it in our mentality. Ooh, it's a biggie in our opinion. And it's something that we are extraordinarily diligent about making sure that A, folks understand what they need to be doing, how often they need to be doing it. And B, just we're on top of them all the time saying, is there anything different? Has anything changed? Have there really been any, you know, someone comes in for an annual review and it's, have there been any births, deaths, marriages, or divorces? You know, I mean, is there anybody you're not happy with? Uh, because Sherry loves to tell the story here when we're talking to folks about this, about, and this actually happened to 
an advisor we know that it was a client of theirs where the parents called and said, our daughter has just passed away. Is there anything we can do about this? Because when she divorced her schmuck of a husband from several years ago, she never changed her the beneficiary on her 401k plan. And she became a very successful professional and had contributed a lot to the plan. And the husband was still the primary and only beneficiary on the 401k plan. And they were trying to see if there's any way that they could undo that because she had remarried, she had kids, you know, she obviously didn't want the bad guy, the, the old schmucky husband to get the dollars. And she wanted to go to the kids and, the, and a new husband. And you can't, you know, it just that beneficiary designation trumps a will, it trumps a trust, it trumps everything. So yeah. you've got to stay on top of them, whether it's your, it might be an insurance policy, it could be an IRA, it could be a 401k, could be something. I mean, you just got to know and you've got to, you, you've got to regularly check to make sure that nothing we do for sure check to make sure that nothing is changing in clients lives that needs to have some kind of an update it's real easy to do you just send in the form of change the beneficiary it's fine it's simple it can really really be a bad thing if you don't pay attention to it and, so, and a lot we, of people forget that it carries more weight than a will and all that kind of stuff too so whatever uh, yeah, is listed it, is yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. So you, you, you've got to check on it. So we always ask. Now, if somebody doesn't tell us, then there's nothing we can do. Right, about it. We're, right. we're, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're not going to let it slip by just because we forgot to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't want the ex-wife or the ex-husband on there, make sure you update it. <laughs> yeah, and if you've got kids, you know, if you, you know, and, and you need to make sure that if you've got more kids or you've got your kids have kids, then you want to make sure that your beneficiaries are you know, if you want something to not disinherit a grandchild, you got right. to make sure that, you know, certain changes have been made to the beneficiary designations. Yeah. There's ways to make sure that it passes on to the grandkids and doesn't skip somebody accidentally. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, the final one, Charles, for just making sure that we're, we're paying attention and thinking about, you know, some things when it comes to avoiding critical estate planning mistakes. We'll give one more tip here on the podcast, and that is not considering the tax implications of your estate. So let's assume you've got the designations where you want it and you're leaving the person X and person Y, this, this, and this. You don't want to leave them with a big tax bill either. Well, no, you don't. And it's going to depend on what kind of an asset you've got. Do you have a, a retirement plan that is going to go to a beneficiary like that? Or do you have, do you have life insurance? Do you have a taxable accounts? You know, when you've got a, a 401k or an IRA or something like that, all you've done all the way along with those ideas is defer the taxes till someday in the future. Well, when you get to that point, is there a way to mitigate some of that future tax liability by paying the taxes today? And it's the drum we beat on a regular basis here, and we certainly have in the podcast in the past, is from a taxable point of view, the tax rates right now are as low as they've historically been. I mean, they're a little bit up, but not much. And, and for most people, you want to take advantage of the taxes being on sale. So if you're converting something to a, from a regular IRA to a Roth IRA, that's a definite advantage. Pay the tax today and be done with it. You know, do you want to take some dollars out of a retirement plan and maybe buy life insurance that will then have some cash value building up inside it? Because that can be taken out if you do it correctly. It can be taken out tax-free. So it's there's a whole bunch of that. You know, don't give your assets away uh, ahead of time if you've got a taxable account. You bought Apple stock. 20 years ago at in your average cost for it was you know 25 cents a share don't give it away now because that initial cost basis goes with it, it just leave it to the beneficiaries that you want to have have inherit that dollar because they get a step up in basis to the date of death 
And so that 25 cents, 50 cent dollar Apple stock is now going to have a new cost basis of, you know, whatever the price happens to be the day you die. So it's a way more tax efficient. We're not suggesting that you die on purpose and just to give your stocks away. But, you know, it makes a huge difference. So it's just, you know, things you want to be taking advantage of. Be tax aware. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing because there's some steps that you can take to make sure that you have positioned your your overall estate in the way that you want it to be positioned. So that's where we look at it from that. Well, and there's so many pieces that can go into the estate planning component of your retirement plan. So that's a little bit, just a little taste of, of something of the thing to think about here on the podcast, Financial Choices Matter. So as always, go and uh, make sure you talk with a qualified professional before you take any action. Uh, give Charles a call if you'd like to talk with him at 480-513-1830. That's 480-513-1830. He's a fiduciary advisor at Peloton Capital Management in Scottsdale. Uh, go online and check him out at pelotoncapital.com. That's P-E-L-L-E-T-O-N capital.com. And as always, uh, if you haven't subscribed to the show, make sure you do on Spotify or Google or Apple. Share the uh, the podcast with friends or family that might benefit from it. We'd certainly appreciate that. Charles has been featured in a lot of places, Forbes, Kiplinger, <laughs> Yahoo Finance, and more. So give him a jingle. He's a great resource for you to tap into if you are not already. And speaking of the website, let's do one email question and I'll let you get out of here for today. We got one from Helen and she's in Glendale and says, Charles, are there really no tax implications to rolling over the 401k? I don't really like the investment options in my 401k, but I don't want to roll it over and then get hit with a tax bill that I was not expecting. Well, Helen, yeah, you're. if you do it right, there's no tax bill. If you do it wrong, there absolutely will be a tax bill. So a couple of points that you want to make. If you're going to do a direct rollover to an IRA, for example, going to want to go from one custodian, which is the custodian where your 401k happens to be, to the another custodian that's the IRA custodian in the new account. You really don't want to have the check sent to you if it's not made out properly. You want to have what's called a trustee to trustee or a custodian to custodian transfer because there is no tax implication to that. If you just took the money out of your 401k and then decided, ah, I want to put it and make a contribution to an IRA, well, it's a taxable event and you're going to get stuck if you, there's a 60 day window to do that, but you really shouldn't be doing that. It's a bad idea. The other part of your question that I thought that, that was interesting, Helen, was the idea of I don't want to bill uh, and I don't like the, the investment options that are in my 401k. And we hear that a lot. People are dissatisfied with a lot of the, the investment choices. They're pretty, they're, I mean, we've looked at hundreds of 401k plans and I got to tell you, they're pretty darn vanilla. And that's the purpose of them is not to have the most creative, innovative investment choices inside your plan. Uh, but there are other ways to deal with getting your money out of your 401k. You, you know, most of the time you've got to be 59 and a half. You have to be able to have an in-service withdrawal. But we have a program where anybody, anybody at any age can take all of their money, any amount of their money out of their 401k without any kind of tax, without any kind of penalty, anytime they want to. You have to be married to be able to do it. And it has to be in an ERISA-governed plan, which is like every 401k is ERISA-governed. That's the government regulatory entities, the laws that take care of all of the retirement plans. And if you hate your 401k, but you don't, you know, you don't know what else you can do, we've got a solution for you. If, if you want to give us a call, we can talk about it, explain it to you. There's a cost of doing that, but because it's a legal process and it gets a little complicated, but it can be done. 
But the whole idea is if you do it right, there is no tax implication. And that's the essence, Helen, of what you were trying to find out. So I hope that helped. All right. Well, thank you so much for the email question. As always, submit your own. Go to PelotonCapital.com. That is PelotonCapital.com. Or just give them a call at 480-513-1830 if you'd also like to talk about some of the information that Charles just shared and uh, and some of that, uh, the pro- running the program and talking about some of those things. And as always, Charles, that's going to do it for the podcast. So thank you so much for being here with me on Financial Choices Matter. I appreciate you. Hey, Mark, as I always say, it's always fun. Let's keep doing it. Let's keep rocking and rolling. And folks out there, have a great day. Again, don't forget to share the podcast with someone you think might benefit from it. Uh, There's lots of options there when you click on the different episodes. We give you multiple ways to do that. And of course, you can always subscribe on Spotify, Apple, and Google, whichever one you choose. And we'll see you next time here on Financial Choices Matter. Charles Scott. Financial planning and investment advisory services are provided by Peloton Capital Management Limited, a state-registered investment advisor. Past performance is not indicative of future results. No one should assume the information presented here serves as a receipt of or substitute for personalized individual advice provided by Peloton Capital Management. For more information, visit www.pelotoncapital.com.